podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, welcome to the Villa View. It's time for a transfer talk show in association with Luke Roper. If you use the code TVV20, you will get 20% off most items on their website. Jeez, uh, quite quite a lot's happened over the last few days, it's fair to say. I mean, Omar, I don't know where your head's at, but I thought I was okay with Jack Grealish leaving. I thought I'd come to terms with it. I'd had a week or so to marinate that I knew it was probably going to happen. And then I've Mm. seen him in a Man City shirt. And I felt a little bit emotional. It's tough, mate. It really is. It's tough. And, um, you know, non-football fans don't understand the emotion involved in supporting your team, um, especially seeing what we've seen today. Like, the attachment you have with players, the attachment you have with the team, it's what makes it special. Um, and it, it's why there are so many football fans. Is why football is, you know, the, the best sport in the world. Um, and... Having that community, you know, the Villa is the heart of the community. Having a local lad such as Jack coming up through the ranks, being there since six years old, and then you know what we've gone through these last few days, uh, it's been it's been tough, you know, for a lot of people. And and you'll have some people who are, who get deta- detached from it emotionally and they think logically and rationally. But I think the majority of people are quite emotional about it all. Uh, obviously, with what's happened in the last few days, which I'm sure we'll we'll go on, but. It, it, I know it's a cliche to say, but it's been a roller coaster of emotions. It really has. Um, and I think uh, all I like to say uh, is I think the club have handled it really, really well. Uh, and I can't praise them enough. I can't praise our owners enough. I can't praise Christian Perslow enough. I can't praise the management team enough. Um, and we're in good hands, regardless of what happens, regardless of what's happened. The only way is up. Yeah, I, I wanted to start with that because it, if you'd have said to me two years ago, three years ago, probably even a, even a year ago, actually, what is the day going to be like when Jack Grealish leaves? I would have thought oh, it's going to be catastrophic. It's going to be bewilderment. Everyone's going to be really, really low. It's probably going to be one of the worst days of being a Villa fan that, that there's ever been. But actually, the way the club have executed everything and the way they've behaved, getting their business done and making sure things were announced, like Danny Ings, before the Jack Grealish deal went through, making sure that they spoke to our fans before Man City could announce everything everything's been so precise, everything's been executed with such precision. Oh, I think the club comes out with an awful lot of credit from what should have been a really upsetting and catastrophic few, through a few days. The club has come out of this so, so well. Not many clubs are run with a class uh, yeah. in that way that Aston Villa are, are run now. And that's something we've not always been able to say. And I think everyone behind the scenes deserves an awful amount of credit. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, I was quite surprised when I saw... <clears throat> the tweet that we were going to go live um, and I was I was hoping for an explanation and that's exactly what we got you know it was honest it was clear it was transparent and that's all you want from your owners that's a that's a, what a, a lot of other fans don't get from their owners you know there's a there's a lot of absent owners and we've got the opposite and Perslow being there obviously he understands football he's been around the block he's, he's uh you know he knows what he's doing he's a skillful negotiator uh, as well, and the fact that he explained the whole timeline of events, it was mm. clear for everyone. There's no, there's no rumors. You know, there's been rumors about is there a release clause, isn't there a release clause? Was it the owner's decision? Wasn't it the owner's decision? I think it's clear to see now what's happened, uh, and the fact that they've done it, uh, you know, 
people call it almost like a, a shit sandwich, you know, good news with bad news and the good news. But what they've done is they've just fronted up with the good news. Uh, it's made it so much more palatable. You know, the fact that we've managed to sign Leon Bailey, and, and I'm sure we'll come on to that in a second in terms of him and, and how that was announced and all that kind of good stuff. Uh, and the fact that we've got Danny Ings, it's completely out of the blue. You know, just, it's, I, you know, I can't remember a transfer like it. Obviously, there was, there was probably people that knew, but in terms of the Twitter sphere, social media, no one knew. Uh, yeah. And it reminded me of the Darren Bent transfer all those years ago where it just sort of came out of nothing. And the fact that we've managed to sign someone like that, again, I'm sure we'll touch on that as well. It, and Perzo spoke about how they, they had a plan. And, and it's clear to see now what that plan is. Um, you know, it was to replace, not Jack Grealish, because Jack Grealish is irreplaceable. What he means to us, he, you know, he's worth far more than £100 million to us, but there's, there's an emotional side of that. But replace his attributes and replace his output. And we've got that. You know, we've got Emi Bendia, who I talked about a couple of years ago as being, if we did go down or if Jack did ever leave, he'd be the, the key person to replace him with. Because his creativity uh, and what he can do in terms of, you know, creating crane goals um is on par with jack he's done that but he's done that in the premier league before very good uh, in the press as well very good in the press exactly exactly very much so um and we've re- so we replaced the creativity with emmy bendir you replaced the ball retention uh, and the the dribbling with leon bailey who's he's excellent at both and then you replaced the talis- added raw pace there as well raw you? pace raw pace which we didn't we didn't have before and then you've got the talisman you know you've got the leader uh, and the goals with, with Danny Ings. So Danny Ings is a top, top striker. You know, only uh, Kane, Salah and, and Vardy are the only ones to outscore him in the last two seasons. And, you know, whatever you want to talk about transfer fees and his age and all that kind of stuff, I think, you know, and again, I'm sure we'll touch on that as well. I just think it's so, so well executed by Villa. It's a horrible situation to be put in when your captain wants to leave and the talisman of your club wants to leave. But the fact that we've ended up looking in, in a really strong position speaks well for for our club and we're only heading in one direction for me yeah we'll come on to all those signings and, and a couple more that potentially may end up signing with the club in the in the next week or two but what did you make of the reasoning f- for jack leaving do, do, oh, there's many that don't understand it there's many that cannot get it at all people there's a, a range of emotions from villa fans some people are angry some people are, are accepting it some people wish him well some some don't what did you make of the reasoning and do you agree with his reasoning uh, I've got mixed emotions, to be honest, mate. Uh, really have. I uh, the emotional side of me is 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 disappointed, really disappointed, and quite angry. And I think it's a sad indictment of where modern football is is that because I think the story of Villa, uh, you know, of, of Grealish and Dean Smith, both Villa fans, the heart of this club, bringing it back to where it belongs, and, and now you know we're there, about to push on to the next level. And I, and I know, I know, I get it. This next level now is the hardest bit. What we've done so far is, is almost like the easy bit. Now pushing on to that to that elite level is really difficult, and I, I do get that. But it's just a sad indictment of football where you know Man City with what they've done in the last and and nothing against Man City. You know we are spending money. You know I'm not naive to that. We're trying to spend our way to to Europe. But the fact that this was that almost like the antidote of modern football, Dean Smith and and Jack Grealish, and the fact that we've lost him now. It's a sad part. But then from a sort of a human level, I understand for him, you know, he wants to win trophies. He's a professional. He's not like he's not a fan like us. He's a fan, obviously. He's he's got a strong emotional attachment to the club. His whole family has it's in their blood, it's embedded in them. But he's been a professional coming up through the academy. He's slightly detached from it the way that we are. You know, we go to games all the time. He's involved in the club. It's slightly different. And Dean Smith always says, you know, he's 
he's a manager first and a, and a fan second almost. Uh, yes, that's very true. Sounds like a bit like David Brent when I say that. But no, no, I mean, he it's true that. So, so I, I, I get it from his perspective. He wants to push on, but I just think it's sad the fact that he's left, and it's a sad, sad, sorry state of affairs for football. Really, I think uh, where we're at in this modern age, and I, I wish he gave us one more year to be honest. And I think he should have. Um, uh, and I, I do feel, I do feel disappointed in him and disappointed for the club. But you know, we, we push on, and it is what it is. And. Uh, well, I mean, we'll, I'm sure we'll, we'll sort of ask the question, is he a legend, is he a cult hero, whatever he is. I think he's he's been massively important for Villa. He's He's been a massive, massive factor in where we're at now and he's done so much for this club and that can't be forgotten. At the same time, he's not a player anymore. So gen, genuinely, I, I, I don't care now uh, whatever happens with him. I hope he does well for England, but I don't really care what he does for Man City. All I care about is, is this club. I guess what you're saying there is there's a difference between me and you, Villa fans, not good enough. I don't know about you. I've certainly, obviously, never, never no. good enough to, to play <laughs> for Aston Villa. Never ever going to happen. And there's a difference between that and being a Villa fan and being an elite athlete at the top of your game who yeah. wants to go on and, ach- and achieve things. I think people would be surprised by what I'm about to say. I've obviously been at Villa Park today doing a podcast with Ian Taylor and Tommy Alfie. That should be out on the Villa View in the next couple of days. We've done something with the, with the Luke Roper guys today. Really, really interesting to talk to Tails and Tommy, who's obviously played with Jack and worked under Dean Smith. So yeah. really interesting to get their point of view. But I put it, without spoiling it, I put it to Tails. What would he have done if he was in that situation? Now, Ian Taylor is a Villa legend. Every Villa fan loves him. And he completely sided with, with what Jack's done. And that, that may surprise people. Really? Yeah. I, I, does that surprise you? I mean, that's Ian yeah. Taylor, Villa legend, Villa fan. And he's he's saying he was basically saying it's different when you're 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 an elite athlete and you've got these decisions to make and and you want to win things and you want to do things in your career. And Jack Grealish, twenty six next birthday, he almost hasn't got time for Villa Villa to catch up with his ambitions. Now the owners' ambitions are for Villa to be playing in the Champions League. I, I love what the owners are doing. I'm fully behind them. I think what they're doing is excellent. But, you know, we're a few years away away from that. We're probably a few years away from even attempting to be a top four side. By that time, Jack Grealish is pushing 30. Might not be on the top of his game at that point. Teams of Champions League level may not be interested in him at that point. We don't know what's going to happen with his career. You know, mm. this was his chance to go and make that step, play with someone like Kevin De Bruyne, work under someone as world-renowned as as Pep is. And he's taken the opportunity. Now, some people will understand it, and some Villa fans just simply will not, and that's fine. Everyone's got their opinion. But I thought it was re- really interesting what, what Tails said there, because it is a hell of a decision for the lad, and it won't have been something that he would have done lightly. Jack Grealish loves Aston Villa Football Club. There's no doubt about that in my mind. I, I know for ab- absolute fact Jack Grealish loves Aston Villa. But he just felt this was an opportunity he couldn't turn down. And as much as people say, well, he signed that five-year contract, he said all that stuff, which, which quite simply is PR. That's just what, what's done nowadays. It's done for social media. It's, it's done for likes, yeah. whatever. But within that contract, Villa agreed that there was that $100 million in there. If that came in, he could go. He's exercised his right to do that. You know, he's not, he's not breaking the law. He's exercised something that we agreed to go in his contract. Yeah, no, I get that. I, I completely get that, and I think, um, I think, I, I think, I'm, I'm going to think it from a Villa fans' perspective now, and I think you've you've said it from a footballer's perspective, and and I think the fact that Ian Taylor said that does 
put a different slant on things because I, I was surprised when he told me that. I, I genuinely was surprised. But I think for for Villa fans, you know, they thought this was a player. Uh, it's almost like if he left last season, they wouldn't have begrudged him too much because we just survived. Yeah, uh, it's it's more the fact that we felt that we were an upward trajectory, and him with Bailey and Bundia, you're thinking that's a you know it's a top four. We Watkins is a top four front four, and then the back five is already sort of a top six, top four back five, and you know obviously midfield is a bit a bit of a weak link at the moment, but it can be improved on. So I think it was more the fact that we're maybe on the cusp of something. Uh, but I completely understand it from from his perspective. I just wish it would have been a year or two later. Um, but it's more but the you, fact. Do you, do you, know, you get why it, why it couldn't be to some extent because of yeah because because you, you don't you don't know what's going to happen. You know, footballer. Yeah. I, I know. I work. You know, I advise footballers on their finances, so I get it. You know, a footballer's career is short. Whenever we do planning for a footballer, you know, we 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 build in uh, what if the what if scenario if if you get injured, you know, what happens then? Um, what you're going to do post football, all that kind of stuff. That's the conversations I have with footballers. So I, I get that. It's a short career. You've got to take the opportunity when it arises, but. I just feel like, an, you know, he he would have he would have signed a new contract. He would have been adequately paid. He would have been protected from that perspective. And I think that actually, just a point on that. I think what people don't realise is with contracts and, and your point about social media. I think it does hurt. You know, my city, my club, all this kind of stuff. It, it is PR, but I think people genuinely believed he meant that. Um, and in fact, he signed. And I see this post around. You know, he signed for five years. Why is he leaving ten months into a five-year contract? But in reality, and this, again, it's a sad state of affairs. This is what football is. It's changed. Um, a contract is there to to really make sure that the club is protected and the player is protected. So if the player gets injured, he's he, you know he's secure. His financial security is there, and if the club, um, it, it, rather than the, the player running down the contract, he's he's there for another few years. So it makes it difficult for for a club to lowball us. You know we can get adequately compensated, and I think we have been adequately compensated. Hundred million pounds is a lot of money. It's a record. It's a world well British record. And a lot of people say, you know, we should have got 120, 150 million. He's worth more than that to us. But 100 million for us is, is massive. It's going to help sustain this club for a number of years now. And it means that we can spend much more than 100 million pounds because of the way FFP works. Because you can you can spread the cost over the number pure, of contracts. Pure profit, isn't pure it? Pure profit. Well. It's pure profit. So in reality, we can spend maybe, if you, assuming you're signing players on three, four-year contracts, you can spend anywhere between three to 400 million pounds on transfer fees and wages over the next few years, assuming that you then move on to the next level and you, you know, your revenue increases, et cetera. But potentially it's, ma- it's massive for this club. And that's why we've got people like Rob McKenzie and Johan Lang in the club. You know, this is their modus operandi. You know, this is what they do. They are there to... Uh, develop these, put the right structure in place to develop these players up to a certain point, um, sell them if necessary. And, and then again, this is what Presla was talking about, buy similar players at a lower cost with the right attributes, right characteristics, the right output to then go again and continue to pr- produce players. And that's how you sustain a club. You know, you, you can't have a owners coming in, putting in 100, 200 million pounds every year. You know, it's not going to work. You need to have that youth setup, which we were getting. And this is what Presla again was talking about. So, you know, this, um, I don't think we should be too damn beat. Um, I, I know it's difficult. Uh, I get it from Jack's perspective. Uh, um, but I just, you know, like I said, I wish he stayed for another two, year or two because I think it would have accelerated our growth. I think what we've got now is maybe we've gone back a year, maybe. Uh, Do you think? Might, I, I, no, sure. I don't know. I, I think I think it's going to, you know, I, I'm not expecting us to get top six. Uh, I hope we do. I think we've got the players to do it. Um, I think maybe Danny Ings is, is the reason why why we bought Danny Ings is is for that reason for someone with immediate impact rather than someone younger who might take time to develop. Uh, but you know it might, it might we hopefully we get top six. I don't know. I'm not saying we won't, but I'm saying it's a it's a little bit of short term pain for long term gain. 
Uh, that's that's the way I see it. I think this club is still on the right trajectory. It's just a blip, a big blip, but it's a blip. It's also the the circle of life aspect of Disney in me in me coming out there because for everything that like Man City have come along and got Jack, you know, we've done a we've done a similar thing with Emmy Buendia. You know, I'm sure there's Norwich fans that I'm, I'm pretty sure he signed a, a contract fairly recently. I could be completely wrong there, you know, but we've come in and swooped and taken Emmy Buendia. There, there is that food chain, and I do think as a club. We are moving up that food chain because Danny Ings, 12 months ago, absolutely, and that's with Jack Grealish at the club, by the way, 12 months ago, absolutely no chance. If we went in for Danny Ings, Southampton would have absolutely laughed at us. Danny Ings wouldn't have been interested, I wouldn't have thought, 12 months ago. 12 months on, Danny Ings knows Jack Grealish is going. Villa have swooped in and we've, and we've, and we've took him. You know, yeah. Southampton a couple of years yeah. ago were a far more attractive proposition than Villa. You know, so we are moving up that food chain and... Jack's gone. It's a huge blow. I can't dress it up. Whatever I do, there's no way I can sit here and say it's good news because it, because it isn't good news. But I do think we're building towards something that's a little bit more sustainable now. You know, look, you look at those front players now, Ings, Watkins, Buendia, Baylor. I feel, oh, that's, got re- that's got a bit of everything about it, whereas previously it's all been a little bit too reliant on Jack. You know, when Jack's not there, you, you really feel it because our tactics over the last few years, it has faith. It's not. It's obviously not that simple. It's felt like give the ball to Jack, see what he can do when we're in a hole. You know, there's that, that front four now. However, Dean Smith fits, fits them all in. That's a yeah. that's a scary front four with with a lot about it. And also, there's more goals in that front four than there, than there was in our in our front positions previously. Previously, you know, I don't know. I, I think Brendaire scored a fair few in the championship, but Leon Bailey's got 14 in a very good league for Leverkusen last season. That's a top top league, the Bundesliga. Danny Ings is probably second to Harry Kane, I would say, as being the sharpest marksman in the in the Premier League. I can't I can't think of many who are better in front of goal than, than Danny Ings. Harry Kane's the only one that's that's leaping out of me. And then you've got Ollie Watkins as well, who's had a sensational first season, really, really strong strong season. He's only going to get better as well. You know, have we now got a little bit more about us as a team? If we get a couple more in, in the right positions as well, which I think we will. Because I've just seen a comment up there saying Perslow intimated that we're finished with transfers. Not at all. We're finished in the front positions, but I can tell you we are not finished in midfield and defence. So we kind of feel like we're building a better team rather than being so reliant on one individual. I've given you a lot to work with there. So see no, I, there. I completely agree, and I think Perslow said that as well. And in his thing, you know, that's exactly. It was almost uh, it become a little bit unhealthy. The obsession with Jack. Yeah, both I would on, agree with both, that. Both on and off the field, sort of the, uh, you know, the, the the circus we have every year with him. Will he go? Won't he go? Um, you know, it, it became a bit too much. We probably had, the, you know, we had it again. It destabilizes things a little bit. The reliance on him, you know, you look at the heat maps. Everything goes through him. Even if he plays number ten, he goes over to the left. I completely agree. We've got a better balanced squad, and I think I think Ings for me. You know, you mentioned Ings there at the beginning. It's a statement signing for me. That is massively. We are. We are, you know, this this is the guy that was the the replacement for Harry Kane. That he was earmarked for the, to replace Harry Kane. Let's be honest. So that shows you the the kind of player he is. He's, you know, it shows us that we're almost like the best of the rest. Almost, we're. I would say we're in contention now with your Spurs, your Arsenal, your Everton, your West Ham. That's where we sit at this very. Precise. What about, what, about Le- what about Leicester? Are you at Leicester in that group, or are you saying that there? I, I, I don't know. I think Leicester. Uh, I think are maybe a step ahead right now. Okay. Uh, but 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 you never know. I don't think we're that far behind. Um, I think they've signed some really good players. Patson Dake is a fantastic player, and I think yeah, I wish we would have gone. 
we'd gone for him, but we've got Ollie Watkins. So I think Danny Ings and Watkins, and we'll come on to Ings in a minute. I, I can see Ings and Watkins playing together. I really can. Because um, I, I watch how Southampton play, and and I, I think I think he, uh, he he can do that. And in terms of injury record, you know, so we play about Danny Ings and being 29 injury record. He's, he's missed less games than Jack Grealish over the last couple of years. Um, so he's played more games than Jack, Jack Grealish. He's missed 11 games over two seasons. So I, I think it's fantastic. You mentioned Bailey. Sorry, you gave me a lot to work with, but Bailey. There, I did. Oh, I went off on one. To be honest, I didn't intend. No, it's good. It's for, fourteen goals. I think. I think some of that was in Europa as well, but still, not, I think it was nine goals, eight assists, or something like that. So against output out is there. He's, he's finally found that consistency that he needed because he's been a hot prospect for a while. And again, another player linked with Liverpool, Man United, Chelsea wanted him when he was young. Amazing backstory with Leon Bailey as well. You know what his his adoptive father went through with them in Austria and Belgium to get in teams and, and, you know, all that kind of good stuff. He's a really humble guy, great attitude um, and, and just a really great signing. And, and with, with this squad now is looking so good now. You know, the fact you've got like Bertrand Troy, Anuel Ghazi, who are potentially going to be your bench options. Uh, and Bertrand Troy, again, you know, having a pretty good season last year. Our defence now, potentially Twanzebe coming in as well, hopefully that strengthens yeah. that area and number, number of positions as well. A bit like Ashley Young, you know, you can play a number of different positions. So it's looking really healthy. And, I, you know, I think you're right. You know, Perzlo mentioned about signings, but I think he was definitely talking about replacing Jack and the forward players. I think there is a hole in midfield and there is a hole in defence. Uh, and yeah. hopefully we've got maybe two or three more in us. Yeah, the club have, put, have pushed hard for Ward-Prowse. I, I know that, but I, I mean, now we've signed Danny Ings. It's, it's very, I'd say it's very, very unlikely. We were struggling to deal with Southampton anyway, I, I think, from what's out there. And... Ward Prowse is going to be a difficult one to get in. I like Ward Prowse. I think he's a very good player, but not necessarily what we need. But we should probably save that for our relaunch podcast next week. Let's talk about Danny Ings then. Because Neil UTV, I just saw the question pop up there. He was saying, would you have rather Tammy than Ings? Now, I think the club have been really clever here because I think they've kind of put it out there that they want Tammy. And they've uh, they've kind of used it as a smokescreen. And that's helped the Ings stuff go even more under the radar. But would you, would you have preferred Tammy? Or are you happy with Ings? Um, I, I love Tammy. Um, obviously, we've got a close affinity with him, but I think Danny Ings suits us more. Um, I think the way we want to play, that pressing ability Danny Ings has got, um, he's a total footballer as well. I think Tammy is, is more an out-and-out goal scorer. That, that's in, in, in the box, but in both sides, you know, defensively and attacking-wise, he's, he's brilliant. But I think in terms of Danny Ings, he's a proper footballer. He can play that support role. He's played like, almost like a support striker with Che Adams for Southampton. He's, he's sort of more of a withdrawn striker, and he's played out wide as well. So if you're going to play 4-3-3, potentially you can play out wide, or Watkins can play out wide, they can interchange. If you're going to go for a lot more like a 4-4-2 or 4-4-1-1, kind of formation that Southampton play, then again, he can play that. So, And he's a goal scorer. He's going to bring goals. That's the main thing. Um, so he's got the goals of Tammy, but I think all-round footballer, he's probably better. Obviously, Tammy's younger, but I think spending £25 million plus add-ons for Danny Ings is probably better value than spending £40 million on Tammy, in my opinion. Link-up play as well. I would say that's where Ings probably excels over Tammy. Yeah. I, I, I liken it a little bit. I mean, bad times. I don't want to hark back to this too much, but, you know, a little bit when we brought Kevin Phillips in. Yeah. He's a bit, he's, he's a bit, a bit more than a goal scoring. He, he can drop deep and, and kind of play in the hole. And if you think about Villa, I mean, Villa might completely reinvent the way they play this season. I don't know because obviously I'm not not a body more here. But you know, when Barkley was playing as a ten, for example, or whoever was playing as the ten, you know, defensively it was a four, it was a four four two, wasn't it? So you had Watkins and the number ten. They, they would press together and out of possession. We'd sit back in in a four four two. 
I'm torn as to whether I think Watkins is going to shift to the left or whether we're actually going to do that. And Ings is kind of going to play as a, a hybrid number 10. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think he can play either, to be honest. Um, I'll, I'll wait and see. But I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we play 4-1-1. Four, four, one, one. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we play Bendir. He plays on the right, but he, he sort of drifts inside. Leon Bailey can play either wing. Um, so it's not often you get a wing player you can play either wing. You know, you have Gar- Garzi likes to play on the left, Troy likes to play on the right. Most wing players like either to cut inside or go outside, you know, depending on who they are. But Bailey, he's, he's good on either, either foot, really. You know, if you look at his stats, um, so I saw a stat in terms of, you know, how much they use their either foot. And Leon Bailey was 78% left foot. Now you think, oh, yeah, he's obviously predominantly left-footed. But most players are around the 90%, 90% plus mark. So the fact he uses it that the right foot so frequently, you know, whatever that is, 32%, 20, 28, we'll get me wrong. Anyway, 22%, sorry. Um, maths is my job. I should know that. I was uh, going to say, you, <laughs> uh, any footballers watching, I don't think they'll be coming for you. Yeah. For the oh, no, no, oh, God. Um, and someone's, someone's rinsing my internet as well. I just saw in the comments. Uh, so not no, a good fight. Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, but yeah, you know, I think the fact he uses his right foot that much shows you he's, he's a, he's a good footballer. He's got good technique and he can go outside on the left. So, I think I think there's options there. I think that's what Dean wants. He wants flexibility and options. You know, he obviously preferred the four three three and four or four two three one, whatever formation you want to call it, before. But I think it wouldn't surprise me if we see Watkins and Ings. And imagine that Watkins and Ings as a strike partnership. That is insane. Now I know we're missing Jack and all that good stuff, but we've got to think about output. We've got to think about what are these players going to produce on the pitch and what points are they going to get for us. And and that's the most important thing. And you know it's set up for. A really exciting season. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be difficult for Leon Bailey to hit the ground running. I mean, he hasn't, he's not even turned up at the club yet, has he, Leon Bailey? So I'd say it's very unlikely you're going to see him for, for the first few games. But, you know, when Day has had a few fitness issues, but hopefully he'd be ready for day one. You know, Ings is going to come in and be able to play immediately. He, he He's someone you would expect to immediately hit the ground running because other than Liverpool, which was a, was a bit of a funny move, you know, he hit the ground yeah. running straight away at Southampton, even Burnley in the Prem when he, when he was playing. You know, he was he was scoring goals for him. He's a player I've always liked, Danny Ings. He's always scores those, against us. Always <laughs> scores against us. He's also one of those players that scores every week, but then if I ever dare to put him in my fantasy football team, he decides he'll have an off week, he'll, he'll have a blank, so I won't be going near Danny Ings on fantasy You look a bit like Danny Ings, don't you, I think? Little, you've got a little bit of Danny Ings about you. They've got the same haircut, I'm sure. It's very harsh on Danny Ings. In some ways, also I feel like Danny Ings is balding a little bit, and as I feel like the haircut bit's a little, a little bit harsh on me. Sorry, mate. didn't realise that. Didn't realize. He looks like he's, he should be on Love Island or something. We move sleep, sleep tattoo. Yeah, good, good play though, and, a, and just a, just a great signing, just a real lift. If anyone was feeling down about, about Jack Grealish, I mean, yeah, like we yeah. all are to an extent, yes. But, you know, Danny Ings, it just, it just gives you a lift to be bringing in a player of that calibre. And when you throw that in with Bailey, who, who got mm. confirmed on the same day as well, you know, that's a statement signing because, again, getting a player from Leverkusen, the main man at Leverkusen, 12 months ago, not happening. No, not a chance in hell. This guy's been linked for big teams for 85 million over the last few years, but we've took advantage of his contract situation. I believe Leon Bailey's changed agents over the last 12 to 18 months as well, specifically to get himself a move to England. That's where what he's wanted. That's where he's wanting to test himself. You know, these are these aren't just like good signings. I know signings can go differing ways depending on what happens, but these aren't good signings. They are statement signings, like you say. Yeah, 
yeah, yeah, definitely. It's, it's it's like the next. This is what we're doing. We're gradually we're doing it about the, we're going about the the right way. It's gradual progression, sustainable progression. You know, we're we're signing a certain. You know, first year we had to obviously it was a difficult you know, rebuild job uh, with so many players leaving. So we had to sign as many players as we can for the for the budget, and it was a difficult one. Some hits, some some misses, more hits now. If you look at it now, obviously the COVID yeah, break definitely. helped nicely. But then you know, last season we we focused on quality and sort of English experience almost with Martinez and 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 Watkins in particular. Uh, but again, just the quality level went up a bit, and now I feel like we've gone another level up with you know Danny Ings, who's one of the top strikers in the Premier League, Leon Bailey, one of the most gifted wingers in all five leagues, you know, if you look at his stats and his output and, and you watch not him play, yeah, you know, not far off the locks of the Bayern wingers, is he really in terms of no, not, statistics? No, he's not really. And he's in, a, he's in a good team, you know, Bayer Leverkusen, they've got some good players and they've had some good players and, uh, you know, we're, it's really exciting. And now we'll see what happens with, with, with the rest of the squad, but the squad itself is looking more balanced. It's looking in a better position. I just hope we get the midfield right for me. And I That's know you're talking about James, James Ward-Prowse, but, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I can't really identify. You know, Basuma is one that people have talked about. Angisa is another one people have talked about. But whether mm. they're gettable or not, I don't know. But Angus that type of player, that type of that type of yeah, Angisa, not for you. Do you say? Yeah, I've, I've, no. He's, he's the right stature in terms of physicality and the type of player that I think we need. But I think we need someone with a little bit more about them. Basuma is an interesting one. I've got no idea whether he said it on camera or off camera today, Tommy Alfie, but he was. He was talking about he went to watch Brighton last week and he was saying Basuma's the kind of player Villa could do with in, in, in that midfield. He'd, he'd be someone that would that would be handy in there. But he was also saying he got a lot of love from Nakamba as well. I think Nakamba's a, a very good player, very underrated. What he does is, is really, really important. But I think we'll get a centre-back in. I, I, I'm, I'm pretty certain at the moment that Twanzabi will, will end up coming back for a year on loan, which I'm, I'm all for. It sounds like Dean Smith's really, really been pushing that one. So I'm all for that. God knows where, how he gets into the team because the defence has been absolutely sensational. But that's again, that's a that's a Dean Smith problem, not not a me problem, and it it really really improves the squad. If you think of the four centre backs there, Concer, Mings, Hawes, and Twanzabe, that is that's a hell of a, a, a four to choose from as you, as your centre backs, and they will get a midfielder. I don't know who. I don't think it will be Ward Prowse, but there, there there will be a midfield signer in there. I think they know. They need to get the balance of that midfield right. I think the midfield we've got is all they're all good individually at what they do. But I don't feel, I feel after maybe the first 10 to 15 games, we yeah. didn't really find the right balance in midfield, did we? No, I don't, I don't think so. I think, um, you know, I saw, um, I think it was, I can't remember what paper it was, talking about McGinn, that they want to make him a number six and they, they think he's got the right attributes. They're just going to work on his short passing game. Yeah, and he was the, I think it was the male, wasn't it? I think, I think it was male. I think it was, yeah, yeah. I think it was actually Priest said that. Um, but I, I don't know. I just I think we've got very similar players in midfield. Um, Douglas Louise, I hope he finds his his form again. Obviously, he's been a bit off. He's, he's played really well for Brazil, I think, actually in the Olympics. So that, that's a good sign. He's an excellent player, excellent technician. Uh, McGinn is obviously hustle and bustle, great defensively as well. But obviously, his control and passing does let him down slightly. Sanson, we haven't really seen too much of. Uh, really, to to judge him. But again, he strikes me as a very similar player, sort of a box to box. Similar in stature as well, and then in the Camber, who's it was probably the only slight difference in that his defensive work is excellent, it's far and above any of the other players, uh, and his passing is neat and tidy, but it's not very progressive. Um, but McGinn, so, McGinn looks better playing next to him, and you'd think McGinn is always yeah. going to play. So McGinn, next yeah, 
that's going to yeah. that's going to start the season, isn't it? Because Louise isn't yeah. going to be available, so that's going to be yeah, the yeah, yeah. start of the season until yeah. we get. Which I, which I'm not I'm, I'm not too displeased about because I think the Canvas, I think he's underrated slightly. Well, maybe he's not, but I think he's he's good enough in the Premier League. I think he's a good squad option, good for certain games. But if we could sort of merge Louise and the Camber. Uh, uh, and add a bit of stature to that, then that is the perfect player that we need. Someone to dictate the game and, and impose themselves in the game, that's what we're missing. Um, but if you look historically, Dean Smith has never really played with that type of player. He's always nah. played with technicians in midfield um, uh, or, or people with, with legs, basically, with engines. Um, so, I don't know, we'll see. I, I, that's the kind of player I would go for, whether we sign that. It's very difficult, obviously. Uh, if we look with Pepe Sar, when we early in the season, he's young, uh, probably... Yeah, they want too much. It's definitely a buyer's market, though. I think you know, with, with COVID, I think as the window goes on, we get later in the window. I think you'll see some more deals, and and clubs will be a bit more desperate to you know because they need revenue in, and and that's why I'm saying yeah. 100 million pounds is, is good money in this environment. You know, to get 100 million pound straight up is fantastic deal for Villa. Um, so you know, we're in a really strong position financially as well now to to flex our muscles if we if we see the right play. You know, we we saw that with Danny Ings. You know, we've We've put down twenty-five million pounds. We've beaten all these other teams that wanted him um, to the line and getting him, get him over the line. So we've got that ability now with these owners uh, and the way they conduct business as well. You know, quietly, nothing comes out of the club. No one knows anything in terms of the club. Any information that comes out of the club comes normally through the agent or, or the other club that's involved in the transfer. So I think it's an exciting time. I suppose my question to you is: Do you think do you think we might have a surprise or two left in terms of the stature of player that we sign or, or the statement signings? Or do you, do you expect it to be a bit more logical and rational in terms of the player that we sign? I'm just, as I say, I think Twanzabi will join. I'm, I'm almost certain that, that that will go through as it stands at the moment. The, it's the midfield. It's the midfielder, isn't it? If it's not Ward Prowse, they obviously want a midfielder because they've gone heavy on Ward Prowse in the summer. So now they've got a bit of extra cash, perhaps. But it sounds like um, the, the clubs know, haven't they? They've known probably over the last month or so that, that Jack Grealish was going to go. So they've known. They've known the situation. It's difficult. I you'd probably take someone a bit more nuanced than me to to, to know about more midfielders that, that that are out there in perhaps in different leagues. No one leaps out at me, other than Basuma. He's, he he seems the logical one for me, but I'm not sure Brighton will let two big players go in one summer. No. Now they've let go of, of Ben White, so hopefully you know the transfer team's gonna gonna unearth someone and there's someone out there for us, but. I don't think we'll go around throwing loads of money at it, but if the right player was to come available, and we are in a very fortunate position with our owners and and as a club, you know, the way we will spend money and they will back the manager and back the club, we're quite unique. We're a unique proposition at the moment for, for players as well. So players will be, be buzzed to perhaps make, make the trip to Villa. As I say, Danny Ings 12 months ago, not a shot now. Quite yeah, seems, yeah. A, yeah. seems a, an easy move for him to make and he's very, very happy about it. So we've made progress. I think we'll continue to make progress. It's going to be interesting to see what happens in in the, in the coming weeks, going towards the end of August, because there will there will be players in, and we've got money to play with. We'll see what happens. Yeah, there's a few few shouts on the comments as well. Uh, Kamara from Marseille is, is definitely one that's been talked about um, on Twitter. Definitely, I think he's an excellent player. Uh, whether he's gettable or not, I'm not not too sure, but he's he's exactly the type of player that we need. Uh, someone's mentioned Jude Bellingham. I don't think that will <laughs> that would happen. <laughs> Uh, Catmull obviously has been another one that's been linked, but obviously in a more forward position. But I think Perslow put that it. to bed. Put that yeah. to bed, really. So I don't see any of that. But Damsgaard is another player I thought we might look at. I think he's a great, great player, great prospect, and and it would have been a natural jack replacement for me. But I think we're done in terms of that kind of work now. But 
you know, that, that would have been one player I would look at. But someone like Kamara from Marseille, we may look abroad, I think, for a midfielder, I think, um, just with the right attributes. Because, we, you know, we've got experience there with Louise, McGinn, Nakamba. Um, you know, they've been playing the Premier League now. They, they understand what it's about. So you can afford, I think, to take a bit more of a risk with the midfielder uh, rather than someone like Ings, which is tried and tested and a bit more experience. I think we can go for someone a bit younger and a bit more, you know, someone with the right attributes and a bit more of a, not a gamble as such, but someone where we can, you know, hopefully, it, these type of players you sign for 20 million and they end up being 80 million pound players, you know, those type of players. Where, mm. you that's, know, what, that's what they're doing with Leon Bagley, isn't it, I think? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's that, that. Yeah, exactly. Leon Bailey is the type of player, that kind of profile, I think. I wouldn't be surprised if we go for someone like that. Thomas Delaney is the only one that comes in my head as someone I would personally look at again. But I don't know whether we'd sign another 29 year old, but you know, I think he's got the pedigree, defensive midfielder. Does a, does a bit of everything there, there a bit of experience. It, he'd perhaps be one that, that leaps out at me. But yeah, other than that, it'd be interesting to see what happens because. I haven't got a clue. I think that yeah. does us for this show. There'll be plenty more content coming up on the Villa View in the coming days. We've got that podcast with Ian Taylor and Tommy Elphick and myself. That'll either be out tomorrow or very early Saturday. John Inslee, if you're watching, get on that edit so we can get it out as soon as possible. Relaunch of the podcast will be next week. We think it's going to be Monday with Dolan, Omar and myself. So watch out for that. That's the week before the season starts. So we'll probably be having a good look at the Watford game day one of the season. Thanks as ever to Luke Roper for sponsoring the show. If you do want to treat yourself to some Luke goods, then use the code TVV20 and you'll get 20% off most items at Luke1977.com. Thanks to Omar for hopping on with me tonight. There's been plenty to go through. Hope everyone's not too sad. Hope we've given you a little bit of positivity because I do think there's a lot to look forward to as Villa fans. Up the Villa. Up the Villa. Come on, lads. Podcast Network.